In a world of what are yous, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie, and you are listening to Some Kind of Brown, a podcast powered by Yellow Jacket Media about mixed and multiracial life, our journeys to find our identities, reconnecting with ourselves and the communities we're a part of, all from a Southern girl who's still trying to figure out things for herself. Okay, lovely people, I don't have much business on the front end this week other than to tell you to be on the lookout for some pretty little things that will be available soon. Especially patrons, you will have something coming to you as a surprise and a thank you. And also there's some really, really choice outtakes that are going to be on Patreon. Those are available at any level of support. So keep an eye out for those. You can get a sneak peek of what is going to be on Patreon if you listen to this episode all the way to the end. Trust me, it's worth it. Other than that, I do want to give you a little heads up. When I went to record with the lovely ladies from Brown and Bonita, the website where I usually record was in the middle of a little bit of a crisis. It's fixed now, so this will only affect this episode, but we had to make it work with another program. There's a little fuzzy with the audio, like, twice in here, and there's some things I couldn't take out that I usually would have, but I hope you don't mind because this was a really good conversation, and it's probably worse to me because I had to edit it. Anyway, I'm gonna let you guys get to the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we have... A, this is the second episode, I think, where we have more than one guest. So hooray for me and my editing. But I have the girls from another amazing podcast that you should listen to with me today. Would you like to introduce yourselves and tell us about your podcast? Hi, my name is Sophia. And my name is Sydney. And we're from the pod- podcast Brown and Bonita. Our podcast is just a little bit more more of an insight on who we are and as two young women of color just speaking on subjects such as you know dating love life self-love and just I don't know going throughout our lives and talking about our experiences and telling our truth yeah that's exciting I like that you're both at that age I think where a lot of that relationship stuff is really important I mean I say that but this is the age when everyone my age is getting married, so. Really? <laughs> well, getting married and or having babies. Personally, I'm so excited for that point in my life. I can't wait to get married and have kids <laughs> and have my Facebook looking like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you get there and I'm like 50, <laughs> I won't be that old. I'll make little moccasins for your children. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I'll just be the auntie. I'm the auntie who makes the moccasins. <laughs> so we've brought up age. And for those of you who are listening, I asked Sydney and Sophia to come and talk to us today because your age actually offers an opportunity to talk about some things that I haven't been able to yet. Thus far, most of the people on the show have been my age or a little mm-hmm. older. <laughs> <laughs> And I've been the young one, so that's kind of been interesting. But I think that we spend a lot of time saying, oh, it's different than when we grew up now. There's all this color in the media, and Gen Z has it good as far as representation goes. But from my experience, Mm -hmm. 
uh, as you get older, your perspective, you know, isn't the same. So yeah. do you find that, but actually just tell everybody how old you are, like where you are in life. That would make sense. Cause I know when they don't. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're both 19 college students. Um, we actually go to school in Hawaii, which is really cool and is a different experience than, I don't know, the traditional sense of college. But yeah, we're 19, still babies yeah. in life. <laughs> <laughs> My youngest sister just turned 20 and you're nine years younger than me. So that's <laughs> kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. So do you feel like the representation, do you feel like you can see yourself in media? Do you feel like it might be easier for you as mixed young women compared to the things we gripe about on our podcasts <laughs> what do you think so well honestly I had interpreted the question a little bit differently and I had said more that I think that we're part of the social media era especially at this time because nowadays everyone cares about posting mm-hmm. and keeping up a nice feed as well as seeing what other people are posting and in a sense I don't think that th- this is necessarily bad as older generations would see it because I think it allows the world to communicate better with each other. And then especially because there's now more people of color on social media so people can see that and I guess they can relate to it. Yeah. And you know, I am nine years older than you, but (laughs) the millennial experience is very similar. We have a lot of social media and all the feeds and all the influencer stuff like that. So that's doesn't seem to be too different between us yeah well going back to your question I feel like I don't know being almost 20 I feel like the early 2000s I didn't well I didn't not see myself but being Latina and being the type of Latina I am my mom's you know after Latina after Peruana I didn't really see that sort of intersection growing up like I saw the stereotypical not saying like this is bad but like you know the curvy Latina very like mestiza, very light-skinned, and not really knowing a lot of different types of, um, I don't know, intersections when it comes to a certain race or just different cultures or mixed cultures and that. And I feel like now more, like later 2010s, I feel like I saw that more just through Instagram developing and seeing more, you know, influencers on there and seeing their races and being able to see myself a little bit more in that. But yeah, I feel like it's, it's grown a lot, which is really cool to see and experience as well. So you kind of caught that tail end of less representation. So you got to see the rise as you were growing up. Yeah. And it was, it's really cool to see that still, you know, grow and see it still develop. I know, first of all, uh, you guys, are you the same mix? I don't think so, correct? No, no. I'm Peruvian and I'm Italian and, and I'm Filipino. And then my dad's side is like Italian, Scottish, Irish all the fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're about as mixed as I am. <laughs> they used to, uh, I think we still kind of make that joke, but my friends used to make the joke that if we add, or if I married someone who was some kind of Latinx and mm-hmm. Asian, that between the two of us, we would have the entire United Nations. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always fun. You know, I think that maybe we put a lot of emphasis on these generations and I think that has to do a lot with the media because the media likes to group us a certain way, but it sounds like our experiences weren't that different. I might have just had a longer period without seeing representation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So how was representation for you like growing up? Like you're not too much older, but you know, just being in a different generation. Yeah, you know, when I was young in school aged, like high school and lower, I was very much so the only person in the room sometimes, a lot of times. And then I went to college in New Orleans. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. And that was wild because there was color everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I moved back to Arkansas about three, four years later. And so much had changed while I was gone. There were so many more young mixed kids that I was seeing. So now 10 years later, less than that, seven years later, there are a lot more mixed kids than when I grew up. So I didn't grow up with a lot of representation, but Mm -hmm. I started recognizing it way later, but it wasn't there when I needed it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did that kind of happen to you or did you get to your teenage years and by then everyone was more open? Well, I feel like for us, because we grew up in the Bay Area, it just kind of, just everyone was always mixed and we were really Mm -hmm. used to seeing so much diversity. Mm -hmm. So that Uh, was very different. I think that's less to do with generation, but just location. (laughs) Yeah. So we kind of grew up a little lucky. We, We had just a bunch of different cultures surrounding us. But for me personally, just, um, in middle school, I feel like specifically that's when I kind of went through my time, like my, I feel like everyone has like a type of identity crisis for me. It was like, uh, I went to school, I went to like a predominantly white school. So everyone was like blonde hair, blue eyed. Like I definitely relate to like being the only person in the room sometimes. I don't know, like, I don't know if you went through this, but like I went through a stage of like, you know, not liking my hair and not liking my skin and, (laughs) you know, like trying to blend in with everyone else. So I definitely look back on like photos from like, I want to say like 2012, 2013. I'm like, who is that? Like, what was (laughs) I doing? (laughs) But yeah, and then kind of growing into who who I am now and loving that and loving myself a lot more. You know, I did have that period and it was earlier and it lasted a lot longer, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I was five. So like when you when I started kindergarten, I was the only person of color in my class and I had long, long curly hair. <laughs> Let me tell you something about 1996. <laughs> <laughs> Zero products. <laughs> you oh, had two kinds of products. And if you talk to anybody who is like a 90s kid and they can tell you they remember the smell, the look, everyone had these same products. You either had like white girl mousse <laughs> or you had black hair care products, which consisted of something called pink oil, which is still kind of around. But <laughs> everybody had pink oil in their hair and this weird brown black gel that they would like put your hair down with so it would lay flat oh man i'm telling you (laughs) they they both had very distinctive smells and that was just the smell of childhood but when i was five and six my mom my hair is a very thin Mm -hmm. or like the strands are thin but I have a lot of hair. It's very fine. That's the word. Got there. Mm-hmm. My hair is fine and very curly. It leans towards more white hair. And with the kind of curls I had, it was just really hard for me because I didn't understand why I was different or why it was bad. I just knew that kids were picking on me. Mm-hmm. So you know how like your mom or some parents would tell you like, 
if a guy teases you, he likes you. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is awful, by the way. But um, <laughs> there is a guy, and I remember his name. His name was Hunter. It's fine. Nobody knows him. He's not listening. But <laughs> he used to call me Spaghetti Head because my hair would crunch because mm-hmm. Moose sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hair products just sucked. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that was the worst insult. Like, you stabbed me in the heart. <laughs> you called me spaghetti head. Oh. And, you know, I came home and cried about it all the time. Mm-hmm. So my poor mom, my mom's the white one, who had no idea what to do with my hair, was just like, we're going to take you to a salon. Took me to this black hair care salon. And they mm-hmm. relaxed my hair. And as far as I knew, like, I remember very vividly skipping and watching my shadow and my hair waving in the shadow because I was like, now I'm Pocahontas, <laughs> which was my life's ambition at five. So, you know, I hated that about myself. And then I went to a school that was not only majority white, but very elitist. And I just did not fit. So it took kind of college on a little after to figure out and accept my looks and that it was okay. And that's why I think all of these podcasts coming out now about being mixed is because all of us uh, who grew up like that, we're trying to talk to the people your age and younger. Mm-hmm. And I think, <laughs> I think you guys are fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that happened to you growing yeah. up. <laughs> you know, but- it's, it's not the, unfortunately, it's, it's not that out of place mm-hmm. as far as people's stories go. Yeah. And that's the sad part about it. But I mean, being glass half full, like I'm glad you made it out and you're like loving yourself and accepting yourself. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's great. You know, you said you went through this crisis of identity and that everyone goes through this one thing. Mm-hmm. I have found the older I get in <laughs> my old age without my gray <laughs> hair that that seems to be a process we go through all the time. <laughs> I bet. I mean, yeah. we're still like babies, so we're, I'm probably going to go through another like 10, 15 life crises, but... <laughs> you might. You might, and that's, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I might go through five more. I mean, like, <laughs> I guess we're always growing, and that's kind of a good thing. If we don't grow, we're just being stagnant. Yeah. So I I know through my insights, like, do you have, I don't know if you have it on Instagram. I can see how old the average person is and like how many from each age group. Mm -hmm. My most, I have the most like followers and people listening who are 24 to 35. And Mm -hmm. then it's followed by 18 to 20. I might get that wrong. Maybe 25 to 35. Any case. Mm Do you feel like people your age, and I know that you're at the kind of earlier end of that 18 to 25 age range, do you feel like you need content that's talking about these experiences? I feel like, well, I haven't seen some, or I don't, we don't follow too many um, other podcasts, like, of people our age. Like, we haven't really met anyone too young who's kind of doing this or starting a podcast, so it's really cool just kind of starting that and like 
I don't know, our audience for the most part is like people we know and like mm-hmm. their friends and then their friends' friends and stuff like that. So it's just like <laughs> connections through people we know. But it's really cool like getting those random messages from like people we don't even know, like from another part of the world being like, hey, like I feel heard like from your podcast. I relate so much to this episode, whatever. And you know, you're inspiring me to like keep doing what I'm doing or whatever. And I mean, that's really cool to me. That's the thing that like keeps me smiling and like yeah. makes my day for sure. So Same I don't know. For me. Yeah, it's super cool. It's, I don't know, like when we recorded, we, we recorded, we edited it and then we put it up and we don't really like listen to it again. Like, <laughs> me I know, either. <laughs> I know at some point, like when we're older, like hopefully we'll listen to it again, like have good memories, but it's just really cool to know that there's people who are actually listening and care about what we're saying and, you know, are relating. That's super cool to us. Yeah, so but it's like something, also, sorry, so it's something that's no, still needed. Yeah, for sure. Like, I was going to say, like, going off of that, I feel like that's also, it, like, inspired us to make a podcast because we thought that people would be interested in hearing and then hopefully they could either, like, get advice from say some of the things that they suggested like questions and we thought maybe they could also sympathize with it and just relate mm-hmm. especially being like closer to our age because like yeah. sometimes like not like bashing but like a lot of like the podcast keep like community at least went from our perspective are a little bit older so like yeah kind of being like you know more of a youthful take on some some things we talk about yeah I mean that's why I got excited when I found your podcast because like I said, I'm still like really young yeah. in the podcasting community and I'm 28. So, mm. you know, most of the people who podcast, I, at least in my experience, are in their 30s or um, mm-hmm. with a few in their 50s, I believe. But I think that it's really necessary to have all these different perspectives because when I'm talking about dating issues in the current time, mm-hmm we're talking about marriage. And if I talk about past dating things, it might not even be the same anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you and you're talking about dating and the issues that you talk about in your podcast, it's more relatable to people who are in that position, I think. Yeah. And it's just really nice being able to also have those conversations like with between ourselves, obviously, but also like just having those conversations with people who do reach out and tell us like, I really related to, you know, your dating episode or like self-love episode or whatever it is. And like telling us just, you know, being able to connect with people closer to our age is really cool as well as like connecting people, obviously older who listen to the podcast as well. Yeah. It's actually kind of funny. Your listener group is the complete opposite of mine. Nobody Mm -hmm. I know listens to my podcast, not my siblings, my family. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of funny. It's because I think this might be an age thing, but when I talk about race and I talk about racism or just like the pressure to look a certain way, to have straight hair, how I struggle with that kind of stuff, or I had struggled in the past, I found people my age who are not mixed are very like, ooh, she's talking about race. (laughs) You know? the same, yeah. So I just moved and my girlfriend and I had some of her friends help us. And we went out to eat later, and I forgot that not everyone talks about race in everyday Mm -hmm. situations. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, this lady in the grocery store was so rude. And mm. she, which she was. She a hoe and I don't like her. Say it again, <laughs> sis. <but> <laughs> Listen, this <laughs> the whole self-scan thing was full of people. And I'm the only person who wasn't white and I was carrying a trash can. And this bitch walked from one end all the way to me. <laughs> And looked down at the trash can and looked up at me. And I just looked her dead in the face. Like, what? Like, what, what? And then she just, like, quietly stood behind us. And I am very confrontational. <laughs> <laughs> but I know my girlfriend isn't. And I'm just sitting there, like, because <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to turn around and be like, do you want to see what's in the trash can? Do you want to see if I'm stealing? Would, would you like to open the lid? <laughs> would you like to be proven wrong? Oh, I'm so mad. So I was telling the story to our friends and they were like, mm. they were uncomfortable. <laughs> it might not help if they were two cis white men, but <laughs> oh, oh, I was so mad. And then I got in the car with my girlfriend and I was like, I forgot that white people don't like talking about race sometimes. <laughs> they get uncomfortable because they're being called out. <laughs> well, I didn't even mean it as a calling out. I was like, they like my girlfriend and me. I'm yeah. a person of color. This is like a safe place to talk about yeah. it. But they were like, mm, so about that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun hearing that you have people who are like, that spurted from, spurted, <laughs> sprouted from your friend group and kind mm -hmm. of spread out from there. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like even if they don't listen to it, the, the really cool thing about just like having Instagram and like just social media in general is like they're able to promote it and be like, hey, like my friend is doing this really cool thing. Like you should you should listen to it. It's really bomb, whatever. That's like the coolest thing about it. Like yeah. so like finding out even if it's not them, like it's like their auntie or like, you know, their friend's friend's friend. Like it's, it's really cool just to see how everything is intertwined and connected. Yeah, it is like in the, I think you said earlier, that's kind of what keeps you going, all these things and people that are listening to you that feel connected to what you're sharing. Mm -hmm, for sure. So what how made you start your podcast? Because I know, like we said earlier, mine was kind of birthed out of this, out of this desire to make sure that people didn't feel alone. Because if I went through those things, I was sure other people did. Did you have the same kind of motivation or like what was your thought process going into it? Um, again, like because we felt like we were having just conversations and that people could relate to. Yeah, they could relate to and just, and also, I don't know, it was just nice being able just to have like little conversations like that. Yeah. And like for us, like being two, two girls who have grown into like young women together, we're literally like family, like nothing could like connect us any more than we already mm -hmm. are so like we've always like talked about like it's even surreal like going to school together and living mm -hmm. together now like that was always like a dream of ours but we always knew we wanted to like have something together that's ours and like we made and we started like whether it was like a YouTube or like you know a business or something and yeah I think we brought up the idea of a podcast maybe almost like a year ago and we we both started planning and we were like, we want to, we want this to be a priority. We want to mm -hmm. start it like, we started it over the summer. So we, nice. we knew we could, um, we like could have focus. the most time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and record as much as we could. And I don't know that just 
being a voice for other young women is really cool and like just being able to have a relatable Mm -hmm. content yeah yeah well you know you never know what's going to grow out of your podcast a lot of us are starting to switch over to youtube and do both at something Mm -hmm. i'm working towards hence the twinkle lights behind me (laughs) that's gonna be so cool you know i first started my podcast the episodes in the beginning are so hilarious. Like, <laughs> I used to have segments. And I was like, now I'm going to talk about mental health. <laughs> I kind of want to put that kind of stuff on YouTube. And, you know, you are in school now, so I, it's hard to find time. But you might turn this into a YouTube channel, a business. They say two friends should never go into business with each other. But <laughs> as long as you communicate, I mean, you can be the power friend couple. Okay, <laughs> that, that would be super cool. <laughs> Do it. I support. <laughs> I endorse this future company. <laughs> <laughs> and when you surpass me and you're famous, I'll be like, I knew them. <laughs> I knew them, Robert. I did an episode with them. <laughs> no, girl, if we're going up, you're going up with us. Exactly. <laughs> We all kind of started for the same, well, kind of the same reason. You had each other, mm-hmm. and I talked to a wall. But creating relatable content, I think, is what we're both doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you became friends? We were in third grade. Yeah, so like Ooh. seven, eight years old. So all the way. All yeah. the way back. All yeah. the way back, All the way back to elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can see the movie now. <laughs> Oh my god. Their origin story. <laughs> Not even. We we're like two little bookworms, like in oh, the library. Yeah. Just like every that's just writing all these different stories. <laughs> like little nerds. <laughs> Girl, we were introverted. Oh, yeah. We're like, still pretty introverted. Yeah. But we have our extrovert moments. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you found each other. Do you think that growing up together it helped when you hit that stage when you were kind of questioning your identity? I feel like Oh my god, that's I feel like at that point I didn't even talk about that with like anyone. Like yeah. I feel like the only person who really kind of experienced that stage of like me questioning myself. Like we look at like photos now and like we laugh about it, but like back then I feel like the only person who really saw me going through like that existential crisis of like who I was and how I wanted to look and how I wanted to portray myself was definitely my mom mm-hmm. cuz she was the one you know, doing my hair, having to take me to keratin treatments to straighten it or, you know, going to the salon to straighten it out for like the week or whatever. Yeah, but yeah definitely her. Um, but now being able to talk to Sydney about it, like we're like, you went through that too? How do we not talk about that at that age? <laughs> I was about to say, how, how did you manage to have these parallel experiences completely separated from you, the, your friendship? <laughs> I don't know. I, what's he saying? I don't. I don't know why we really just didn't. I think we ourselves didn't really know what was going on, so we just didn't yeah. talk to each other about that. We just knew it was like. I feel like everyone goes through insecurities, but like that's something I honest like. I don't want my kids to ever go through something like that where they're questioning yeah. why their skin is a certain color, or why their hair texture is a certain way. Like, as much as like I'm happy I went through that to like get to the stage of like love and acceptance I am with myself now like I want my kid and like whoever else to like just love themselves and I don't know not go through something like that but yeah Yeah. I mean nobody ever wants someone else to go through 
struggle, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's something that can make us stronger, but not something you would necessarily wish on other people. Yeah. Did you feel like you were ashamed of the things you were questioning? Or there was any kind of like feeling of shame or surrounded about why you couldn't talk about that kind of stuff? I feel like it was definitely like confusing for me because I feel like growing up, like as a elementary school, at least like, I feel like that's when we don't have too much shame or like embarrassment. We don't feel that too much. Like at least for me, like obviously I was an introvert, but like I would also not care if like, kids heard me like singing like musicals like all the time or like dancing around like I I was unapologetically who I was and I love that I love that and, too yeah <laughs> and then going into kind of like young adolescence 11 12 13 like when people start caring about how they look and or caring about how they look a little more yeah and you know puberty and developing like I was like, I don't like how I'm developing. Like, I want to develop, like, Elizabeth or, like, Becky or whoever. So, like, that's just kind of what I went through. And I feel like it wasn't shameful, but I was just, I don't like myself. And that's kind of embarrassing. Mm. So, personally. So sad. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, like, I came out the other end. So, yeah. Very, yeah. I feel like I was probably, like, a little embarrassed about not liking myself. Yeah. I would also say, like, it was confusing, definitely. But I feel like kind of now more than I'm older, I'm still, I still go through those type of insecurities. And there are times that I also can be like, oh, I don't really like, I don't like that I look this way, that I act this certain way. But I don't know. It's more just kind of like a loom progress type yeah. of thing. Like, I really, yeah. like, I know I'm still young, so I know I still have more time to just keep on growing and learning more about myself and just learning to love myself. Yeah. Honestly, that's what your 20s are for. (laughs) Yeah. Like, your 20s are for trying on any hat that looks cool, except for the red one with certain letters on it. Keep, don't put that hat on, okay? But But any other hat, you know? (laughs) You are in college, and that's where you meet, like, the most diverse groups of people. I don't know, I'm kind of envious of you being in Hawaii right now because (laughs) not for the reason you might think. (laughs) I've been following the situation in Mauna Kea for at least three or four years, I think, because it's been a long time kind of developing. And I just really want to go as like a show of support. But that's that's my first thought when I think of Hawaii is like what's going on in Mauna Kea and all those problems. I don't know. Do you see that kind of stuff on campus? Because I went to a liberal arts college and they were like, any chance for social activism? <laughs> there was a time when there was a lot of like protests just mm-hmm. around the school, like around the um, like the street, even walking to school. Like you would just see like a bunch of people just like talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was kind of also it could be like controversial because mm-hmm. some people had like different views. Like wasn't it on... Um, it was our, our history class. We had a history class, and he, he kind of talked about it, and we just, I forget what he did, but it was something where we all used our computers and had our opinions, like, we typed in our opinions about mm. Monacare, like, our political stances, and a lot of people actually in that class were, like, conservative, and I was like, hmm. I just personally, I didn't really expect that, but uh, as opposed to, like, a lot of, I how do I put this? Living on an island is very, obviously, it's very different than living in any of other of the states. So 
Yeah, so just living on a place that's, you know, colonized, the natives from here are very active and their voices are very mm-hmm. heard. They're not heard in the community, but their their presence is yeah. very known, which is yeah. beautiful. So when stuff like Mauna Kea happens, um, they want to group together, which is so beautiful, and they want to protest, which is even better. And being settlers on the island, we're very knowledge, or we try to be as knowledgeable as possible and respectful as possible towards situations like that and show our support in whatever way we possibly can. I think that's a very um, unique, that's the word, I had it and I lost it. It's just a unique circumstance to be going to college around uh, or an opportunity to see and explore this culture and why these things are sacred and why they're protesting. Unless you're actively following it and that kind of thing, People outside may not know kind of what's going on. So you have an opportunity to uh, be very, very close and learn the values of the indigenous people there. Yeah, it's definitely something I think we both take like very close to heart and we keep it with us because I feel like there's no other place like it. Like it's just such a a healing place here. Mm. And it's really beautiful just getting to know the culture as much as we possibly can and making friends who are from here and yeah. Does that inspire you to take that kind of spirit into your own communities or is there something that you want to do with that kind of energy? Um and I don't really know how to answer that. No, it's kind of a hard question I'm trying to I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, girl. <laughs> I feel like I know I'm gonna be here for my four years of college and for me that's so sacred just being in a place so beautiful and so healing. And I want to keep that energy, and I know I want to educate others as much as I personally can, because obviously I'm not from here, and I'm not going to know Hawaii to the full extent that the people from here know it, but I want to educate others on, like, you know, things that are going on here as well, because it's another state. I feel like it's ignored a lot of the times, and <laughs> yeah. um, it's just seen as, like, a vacation destination, and it's, yeah. it's a lot more than that. Um, it's very it's, difficult. Hawaii is very, or the situation of Hawaii is very difficult. I like to follow and see what's going on because they are very similar to the native communities mm-hmm. in the lower 48. I don't know. I think that the energy of the people, but also like the heart that they keep, that they want to keep peacefully and like do things with pride and integrity is really, really beautiful. It really yeah, is. Definitely. Yeah, and coming from an area where, like we're from, like Oakland specifically, like I don't know, it's just different. It's it's really weird coming here and everyone just being like so smiley and so nice and just like it's beautiful. It's just so different. But yeah, it's it's so special here. It really is. Do you see any of that same beauty in your in your cultural communities, or did you grow up with people in your own communities, whichever side? Well, I would say. Yeah, there's there's a lot of spirit and there's a lot of heart back at home as well. Like mm-hmm. especially like Bay Area pride. Like mm-hmm. like I feel like they like Hawaii and there have like that in common where they both feel like so strong and like so proud of like where they come from. Yeah. Everyone like from here, like you you know they're from here. They're screaming it from the top of the roofs. They're proud native <laughs> Hawaiians and in that sense like we're we're proud of where we come from. We come from like a city of activism and obviously there's a lot of hurt in the Bay just as there would be anywhere, but we're we're proud people from mm-hmm. Oakland and we're we love it. <laughs> it's, 
like there's no place like it so yeah (laughs) (laughs) I will say in my experience that people in the different areas of California Mm -hmm. are very quick to tell you where we're repping NorCal for the rest of our lives (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand as (laughs) I I grew up in a very very different place and now I live in Michigan it's it's just not California but I've I've seen little specks of it and from what I know it seems to be very sometimes it's a little segregated as far as different communities go but Mm -hmm. there's more flow in between the ethnic and racial communities I think at least from someone very far outside (laughs) yeah I feel like in the area we grew up in just like Sydney was talking about earlier like I don't know if it's just the generation we grew up in but like we kind of grew up in in a time where everyone was kind of mixed like you never well there was the the few like white people and then like obviously Mm -hmm. going to school in a more like privileged community there was a lot of white people but like growing up like I had friends of every different background and they were very welcoming which is amazing and I feel like at least for our friendship like I grew up like you know eating her food all the time and (laughs) yeah and then like her like type understanding Spanish just from hearing my mom yell it all the time (laughs) yeah just like I don't know it's it's really cool we're really lucky yeah Mm -hmm. that sounds like a really exciting place to live and to grow up yeah for sure I feel like I mean I don't know any place but home so (laughs) you're two homes (laughs) yeah I'd say you know college is like a whole other home like it's their first time that you build your own home I think like you build your friend group your chosen family Mm -hmm. you're exploring so many different things I feel like it's a it takes a special part in your heart depending on where you go Mm -hmm. And, and you know never who knows what will happen in the future you might be in a whole new area again and make your new home but from my experience California girls go back so (laughs) (laughs) if you're listening and you are from any area of California shout it out on the post (laughs) let us know if you're from the Bay Area I'm sure you'll let us I'm sure you'll let us know (laughs) that pride is strong oh yeah you're gonna know where we're from (laughs) I plan on going to California one day, so maybe I'll I'll see what it's all about. Yeah, come visit, say hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you go to California, girl, you gotta do both sides, gotta, SoCal and North Bay. Bay. Yeah, <laughs> whenever you're out here, girl, we'll give you a tour. Don't worry. <laughs> so tell us about where we can find you, what you've got coming on with your podcast, if you've got any super cool plans. We're actually trying to figure out uh, our next episode. We're trying to record with more people, and we actually want to record with a lot more um, women on the island. We're also, like, trying to, you know, make a little, you know, make more friends. But um, we want to do an episode on just intersections um, and what that means for different people, you know, talking about race and gender Mm. and sexuality and microaggressions, you know, towards both color and privilege and all that. So. That really is excited. some good stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're really excited for that. We want to get, you know, just a bunch of different people from a bunch of different backgrounds for that. Listen, I know you people listening <laughs> are in this group. 
<laughs> like you need to contact them through where where can they find you well you can also you can find us on our instagram brown e bonita and we're also on apple Podcasts, anchor and spotify and our instagram just because okay brown and bonita was taken so we why so brown why bonita so if y'all want to follow us for like updates or like behind the scenes anything we're always on that we're pretty active so yeah all right well you guys check them out they are awesome and i better see you contributing to this topic because i know there are people who have stuff to say about this topic it's, yes. yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of feelings that go around those things it's a pretty oh. broad spectrum <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and recording with me i know you guys had to kind of find some time in your schedule yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having yeah, us, girl. Yeah, this really, this means so much. Like, when you reached out, we were so excited <laughs> and just surprised. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it's like another friend in the community who understands yeah. what, like, yes. what But, yeah, we're so grateful. Thank you so much. Welcome to the family. <laughs> we're happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Some Kind of Brown, and I would love to interact with you over, especially on Instagram. You can also join us on Patreon for ad-free episodes, after-interview debriefs before the episode comes out, stickers, t-shirts, and more. Another great way to support the podcast is to subscribe wherever you're listening and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Podchaser to help our brownish family grow. You can find the links to everything and more in the show notes through the link tree on my social media bios. All of your support is what keeps this podcast going. Thank you to purpleplanet.com for the use of their song Love Life, and I'll see you later with some more Shades of Brown. Like, it's so dangerous and it's so different, but I grew up in Tornado Alley, so, like... Oh, hell no. That's even (laughs) scarier. No. I'll take a fire over a tornado. I'm so sorry. (laughs)